listening to Belt of Truth, conversations arming laity, powered by the Armor of God Men's Movement. Visit our website at armingmen.com. This is Father Daniel Patrick Kale, pastor of St. Robert Bellarmine Parish in North Manchester, Indiana, and you're listening to the Belt of Truth. May this episode bring true light of faith to your life. God bless you. The Belt of Truth podcast is made possible in part by the generous financial support from local Catholic businesses in the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese through the Catholic media company, Our Local Parish. To learn more on how you could support these businesses and watch some powerful interviews with our local priests and lady, go to OurLocalParish.com. Worship local. Support local. Thank you. And God bless. It's striking to me how often we forget that we have a heavenly father. When you are like me and you deal with earthly father wounds, it becomes a little cloudy in your brain that even though my earthly father failed me miserably, my heavenly father is perfect in his love for me. It took me understanding that I had worth before I can crawl out of where I was in terms of my emotional immaturity leaning on alcohol too much, and then just healing my inner child. So I felt it was important if we're going to talk about breaking chains that we spend some time learning a little bit about our worth. So I wanted Father Brian to come speak to you guys about the fact that we are worth it as sons of the King. So welcome, Father Brian Eisenberg. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I ask you to bring us back to that first moment when you spoke over us and you said, you are my beloved Son, and in you I am well pleased. And so, Spirit of God, you who make the Father's love present, I pray that you would fill this room and fill these men. You are the very memory of God. I ask you to go back to that moment and make it present. We make this prayer in the one Son of the Father, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As Rob said, my name is Father Brian Eisenbarger, and I am perfectly loved by my Father. And I spend the entirety of my life trying and failing to live that reality. And I want you to take a moment right now, in this particular moment, it is 3.03, January 20th, 2024, and you have never been more loved by the Father than you are right now. There has never been a moment where God has loved you less, and there will also never be a moment where God will love you more, because the reality of the Father's love is that it is constant, never-ending. And so in this moment... In every single moment of our life, the Father is perfectly loving us. And yet we come into this world, especially here in the United States, and we're fed a lie, a lie that inebriates the entirety of our culture, a lie that inebriates our day-to-day existence. And so think about it. That lie constantly says to us, are you enough? Are you doing enough? Are you earning enough? Is your job good enough? And over and over again, we can look uh, into the world of sports. 
Okay, think about the college football season just ended. What happened? If a coach had a down year, he got canned. What have you done for me lately? Or think about even your conversations with one another. You meet somebody new, and what do you say to them? Hi, I'm Father Brian. Luke, what do you do? See, I asked him what he did. I based his worth on what he does. And that's precisely the lie that goes all the way back to the garden. And so if you open up your Bibles, okay, I guess it's a Catholic group. Um, <laughs> that wasn't even good material, but all right. There we go. But if you look in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 3, it recounts the fall. And there Satan tempts Eve, and this is exactly what he says. He says, did God say you, and the you that's used there, just to note, is in the plural, referring to both Eve and Adam. Did God really say that you should not eat of the tree? Did God really say that? And so what is Satan's temptation? It's not first and foremost about the fruit. No, the temptation is the temptation that God isn't trustworthy and that your father is actually withholding something from you that would make you happier. And so you can't trust him. And so instead of doing that, what do you need? You need to save something for yourself. You need the fruit for yourself. So when your father fails you, you're not alone. That's the lie. And we continue to live with it and striving to impress. And so instead of living a Christianity in which we strive to prove ourselves, the most manly thing we can do in our spiritual life is to receive our identity. I was just talking with Dan here earlier, and we were talking about this uh, polar plunge out here. And Dan asked me if I had done it. Who all had done it? Okay. So I asked Dan, I said, did you do the polar plunge? He said, no. I said, yeah, good idea. I also operate out of reason. I don't have to do ridiculous things by throwing myself in a body of ice water to win the approval of other men. You didn't think that was going like you thought, did you? Huh? But that's what we do. We try to win another's approval when we can look in the mirror every single morning and realize in this moment, I am perfectly loved by my father. It doesn't matter if I'm an adulterer, I've struggled with pornography, I've done all of these things. It doesn't matter if I go to mass every day, I pray the rosary on the regular. It doesn't matter. God's love doesn't change. It's my reception of his love that changes. And so just as a water faucet pours out, the father's love eternally pours out. It's us who turn the faucet off. It's not a problem with the water company, it's a problem with me. And so the goal is to keep that water running. One of my favorite saints, St. Philip Neri. Does anybody like St. Philip Neri? Oh, wow, good. Incredible guy. We can talk about him later. I'll just give you a short story. So St. Philip Neri, he lived in the, the 16th century in Rome. And what he's famous for, he was praying in the catacombs, and a ball of fire appears to him, lodges down in his mouth, goes into his heart, and literally expands his heart to the point that his ribs break from the inside because his heart was so expanded by the fire of God's love. Tell me that's not awesome. So anyway, St. Philip Neri, during his priesthood in Rome, 
with, whenever he was with a young man or he was with a well-to-do person who was seeking the next goal in life, if it was a priest seeking to become a bishop, a bishop seeking to become a cardinal, if it was a peasant seeking to become part of the, the royal class, whatever it was, Philip had a line he would repeatedly say to these people. And the line was this, and then, and then, and then. Because inevitably, there was always something more that could be done. There is always more money to be made. There is always more prayers to be said. There is always more friends to have. There is always more sports games to go to. There is always more and more and more. And the reality is, at the end of our days, every single one of us in this room will have a to-do list which is left unfinished. We will all go to meet the Lord and the things we had wanted to do here on planet Earth. We will have failed to do at least some. Does that make you less? Absolutely not. Because remember, it's receiving the Father's love that gives our identity, not what we do to earn it. And so the other line from Philip, he would use this line, and it's fun to say. You can say it with me. Preferisco. Il paradiso. Preferisco. Il paradiso. Does anyone know what that means? Anybody speak Italian? I prefer paradise. I prefer paradise. And so to live our life with our eyes preferring paradise, realizing that there is literally nothing on this planet, save the sacraments and the Eucharist, that can fulfill our infinite desire. And so it reminds us to put heaven first and everything else second. And so I want you to think about this. Where is heaven? Heaven is where God is. Yes or yes? Heaven is where God is. Where is God? He is everywhere by nature being the creator to the creation, but he chooses to dwell somewhere. And so where does God choose to dwell? Of all the parts of creation, where does God choose to dwell? He chooses to dwell in two places on planet Earth. One is in the Holy Eucharist. If you go into any tabernacle in the world, that's the holiest place in the world. You know, it's not the Vatican, especially these days. It's not... Uh, <laughs> you know, the holiest place in the world is the Eucharist, but the next holiest place, the next holiest place in the universe is the baptized Christian soul in a state of grace. Quite literally, the baptized Christian in a state of grace is a living tabernacle, or better yet, is a living monstrance, where the presence of God dwells in the heart and radiates out to the world. And so this is actually what Elizabeth of the Trinity says. St. Elizabeth of the Trinity says that if heaven is where God is, and God is in my soul, then heaven is in me. If heaven is where God is, and God is in my soul, then heaven is in me. And so that's the reality of grace. In fact, we have a word for that, and it's called sanctifying grace. When you and I were baptized, the Father spoke over us, you are my beloved Son, and in you I am well pleased. And at that moment, the heavens were torn open, the Spirit descends on a dove, comes into the human soul, and then the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit dwell within the human soul. I've had 12 years of theological education. 
And I've learned a lot of things, incredible things. The resurrection, pretty incredible, yes. Okay, the Eucharist, incredible, yes. And yet I find personally the thing that is most wild is that the God of the universe who holds creation in existence, who holds all of the stars, which there are billions and billions and billions and billions, that God chooses to dwell within my soul by grace. And this is what makes mortal sin so horrifying. Because what mortal sin does is it literally evicts the divine presence from the soul. And so that's when we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. I tell this to guys all the time. When you go to the sacrament of reconciliation, what is happening is a renewal of your baptism. When you go to reconciliation, it's a renewal of sanctifying grace into the soul, and it's the restoration of God into the temple of your body. Has anybody ever read First or Second Maccabees? Okay. Again, Catholic crowd, great. Those are actually only in the Catholic Bible. So I'd really encourage you to read those. They're, they're terrifying stories, especially Second Maccabees 13 or 14. It's the death of Razzis. Look that up on your own time. Don't read it with your children. But the entire narrative is focused on restoring the temple. So they had lost the temple to the Greeks under Alexander the Great, and they spend that entire narrative risking their lives, slaughtering other people in order for the divine presence to come back into the temple. If they're willing to die for a temple made of stone, how much more are we willing to die for the Lord to remain in the soul? And not only in our soul, but in the souls of our family. Imagine going into your home and you have worked so hard to keep your family faithful and in a state of grace that it's not simply going to the church with one tabernacle, but it's three, four, five living tabernacles in which the grace of God is present in your home. This is the new evangelization. We spend a lot of time with programs. We spend a lot of time and money uh, doing all these things. At no other point in human history have, have we had as many resources to bring the gospel to the nations as we do right now in the year 2024. And yet... We're probably doing one of the worst jobs in history because we focused on the thing rather than the reception of the identity, which allows us to be a living tabernacle to convert the world. The greatest thing we can do to spread the church is to become saints, is to become holy. To become holy is literally to be little, to be little so that we can stay plunged in the waters of our baptism. Because the more we allow ourselves to be little, the more we allow the Father to speak over us. And I know it's, it's difficult as men to imagine that, but that's precisely the call of holiness, is to remain little. So that's what we're going to do to end our time here. It's been really fun because Nathaniel, Nathaniel got to play the bad cop role, which was awesome. And I just get to speak over you that you're loved by the Father. And so I don't know, I think you guys had confessions last night. Um, same, like we have confessions again tonight. If you haven't made a good confession... Get to the sacrament, renew the waters of your baptism so you can hear your father once again speak over you. You are my beloved son, and in you I am well pleased. So what we're going to do to prepare for that or to, to renew that if you went last night, we're actually going to renew your baptismal promises. So I actually start my, my every day I start my prayer uh, with the renewal of my baptismal promises, reminding me to stay plunged in the father's love. And so that's what we're going to do. I'm going to invite you all to stand. 
So the answer to each one of these, for those of you who might not know, <laughs> is I do. Okay, I do. And so I ask you, do you reject sin so as to live in the freedom of God's children? Do you reject the glamour of evil and refuse to be mastered by sin? Do you reject Satan, father of sin and prince of darkness? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, died and was buried, rose from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. This is our faith. This is the faith of the church, and we are proud to profess it in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, let's say a prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill these men, that you would allow us to become little, keep us submerged in the waters of our baptism, realizing that when we do nothing, we find our strength. When we receive our identity, we become living tabernacles. And so, Spirit of God, I pray for an infusion of your grace into the hearts and souls of these men, that they would leave this weekend as living tabernacles, as living monstrances, as the living and abiding presence of heaven on earth, into their homes, into their workplaces, into every facet of society that the holiness would radiate in such a palpable way that the world would realize the presence of heaven dwelling here among us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. You've been listening to Belt of Truth. Powered by the Armor of God Men's Movement, located in Fort Wayne, South Bend Diocese in Fort Wayne, Indiana. For more information about Belt of Truth and Armor of God, visit armingmen.com.